your boy Kobe Mack and this is Kobe told me about your whenever I want to interview pod where I get to chop it up with a who's who of the dopest individuals that I know and hopefully some I'm getting to know a little bit better just to kick that conversation about life movies and how they intersect and yes it's all for your listening pleasure would you please consider giving your boy a follow I'm on all the socials at Kobe told me on Twitter and on Instagram and I'm on Facebook at Kobe Mac. Welcome, welcome, welcome back. And let me tell you about E-Man. You can find him at E-Man's Movie Reviews on YouTube and on E-Man's Reviews on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Yo, he's a Rotten Tomatoes approved film critic. He's the director of Chicago Indie Critics, a member AAFCA, and most importantly in my mind, a member of Feeling Films, a black label. Yo, if you hate movie spoilers, and you want quick, spoiler-free movie reviews just to help you spend your time and money on wisely on movies, he'll give you the good, the bad, the reason, and the rating about each movie. My man, E-Man, what to do, bro? What is up, dude? I'm going to take that whole intro <laughs> and just... <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself. I'm going to take that whole intro and just put it on something. Gladly, bro. <laughs> put you. it on there. Paste it all over there. I should start doing trailers for like other people's podcasts. You should. Yo, you know you what? You definitely should. I should be like the first indie pod hype man. Hey. Hey. Damn. Hey. There's always a lane, and if there isn't one, create it. Woo! Say that again. There's always there's a lane. always a lane. And if, if not, is it one? create that. Create it. <laughs> oh my gosh, man. Yo, happy hump day to you. Yeah, man. Back at you. Bad guy, man. It, life is, um, you know, life is, life is life. <laughs> it is. It is. It's, uh, it's definitely interesting. You know, this is day, what, 1011? I don't know. Yo, so this is week, te- week 10? Yeah, the middle of week 10. Jeez. Um, okay. like actually complying to stay at home orders, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, it's weird. Like I, I'm a super extrovert. So it's not that I'm like, I'm, I'm not experienced withdrawal syndromes or anything like that. It's just, I hate being so deviated from like my normal routine. Right. I don't want to know. I don't think uncomfortable is a word. Just like, I don't like this. <laughs> it's just awkward. It's yeah. just very awkward. I mean, like it's sad that, you know, grocery shopping is the highlight of my day at this point or a week for that oh, matter yeah. like i'll be looking forward to it like all right y'all we got the list together okay don't forget nothing okay what do you need well, okay all right i'm going out i feel bad because <laughs> i've been at the grocery store more times since being home which yo for real for real i expect people to be at the grocery store more because right. your daily lives were so built around your travel and if you have to work you know if you have to go exactly. into work you know yeah. all right great i'll stop at starbucks i'll go to like right. chick-fil-a in the morning you know um i'm going out to get lunch or go downstairs to the office and then you have to get lunch do stuff like that where now if we are sequestered to be home i don't have that my fidgety ass is like yo i need to be out to be out now granted i'm gloved up i'm masked up i've got like Thankfully, I, I have like like mountains of those mini hand sanitizers mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. when I do go to the grocery store, the little checkout lanes, that shit gets me every time. Yep. I cannot not buy something, especially if I got my <laughs> daughter with me. Yeah. You know, I've got so much gum and hand sanitizer <laughs> just in my car. I'm like, oh, you know, it's like a dollar. And like, right. now I'm thankful for it because I have it just everywhere. There you go. There you go. And, and grocery store adventures, bro. Whew. Yeah. They are, they, are, they are crazy. What, what's your most recent grocery store adventure? Oh, man. You know, 
uh, the local grocery store had like a sale on crab legs, so that usually sells out like super quick. So I had to wake up at the crack booty of dawn and go get them, and I had to make two trips actually because they put a certain limit on uh, how much you can get. Yeah, so that was my fun adventure, um, getting crab legs. Look at that. Yeah, sometimes sometimes that's just life, man. You know, yeah. you can boil it down. Oh, fun. You can fun. boil it down. To just being about getting crab legs. Um, yeah. Down, E-Man, for me and the people. Um, who are you? Where are you? Where'd you come from? Man, so, um, from West Philadelphia, born and raised. No, I'm just playing. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, look, I'm a, I'm a film critic. I'm a, a social media influencer. I'm a, I'm a dad. I'm a husband. You know, like, I'm, I'm... I'm a movie lover, you know, um, there's so many different things that, which is kind of ironic because I don't like being put into a box, you know, because, um, I feel like it's very limiting in terms of the opportunities that you can have out there. But, you know, for I'm different things for different people, you know, for some people, uh, I'm a movie critic for some people. Um, I'm the guy that gives you Marvel theories on YouTube, you know, for some people, like, I'm just your source of entertainment for memes on Facebook, you know, so it, it's, it's, it depends on who you talk to and what time of the day, you know, but in terms of where I came from, I mean, you know, I started off just like everybody else on Facebook, I was posting um, just my thoughts and opinions about movies, and, uh, you know, it was funny, because, you know, Facebook always does the, the memories thing, or whatever and i had recently seen something like i had just posted some comments on the dark knight you know like when it came out back in 2012 and you know didn't get no likes no comments or nothing and then after that like i was commenting on i was posting on other movies that came out and then you know for a minute i just kind of stopped and then after i stopped people were like yo what are you doing uh i need to know what did you think about this and like why'd you stop and i was like oh i didn't know y'all cared you know so i kept doing it and then you know eventually people were like man you need to make a website and post your reviews there and then you know that turned into make a fan page on social media that blew up faster than the website so i kind of focused on the social media stuff more um and then you know it just kind of combined into this passion that I've always kind of had in creating videos, you know, like, I I mean, I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm a filmmaker, but I do like to be a visual storyteller, you know? Um, and I was like, yo, like I like these reviews, but I want to see something that I haven't seen, which were reviews the way I wanted them to be, you know, digested. And, you know, what What kind of pushed me further into the film criticism thing was, <laughs> ironically, another film critic who pissed me off. I read this high profile critics review about a movie and they spoiled the mess out of it. And man, when I tell you, I was so irate. That was the day I realized I hate spoilers. That, that, <laughs> okay. that was the day. That was the day. And you know from that point i was like you know what first of all i'm not gonna do anything with spoilers 
um because i think there's like literally no point to it unless you're talking about something that everyone's already seen or you know the spoilers don't matter but you know for critics usually we have that advantage of seeing stuff ahead of time so it's kind of like why would i spoil stuff when you haven't had that opportunity you know and i'm sorry i i vehemently disagree with people that talk about spoilers don't matter and it doesn't bother them that's not true there's definitely there's a there's a segment of folks that enjoy spoiler culture i don't like i don't understand them like i I really really don't this is the thing like i remember seeing there was like this quote-unquote study that was done about spoilers and they were saying that like oh spoilers don't bother people one way or another like they're still equally as entertained and i was just like no see there's a problem with that because when you spoil something you take out a a certain impact or a factor that you'll never get back you know so like if it's one thing the only way you can actually quantify this is if you had like a time machine and you could like test someone to watch the sixth sense twice you know what i'm saying and and be like all right in this version this person is going to watch it with no spoilers in this version someone's going to know already what's going on with bruce willis you know and i'm sorry it's kind of like that unknown surprise element is just so critical and it it it's just something that's unmatched you can't you know uh, um quantify that but anyway so you know i got into the reviews by doing the no spoilers because of that critic and because i started looking at the landscape and i realized like first of all there were not a lot of people of color that were criticizing film and that in itself was like oh okay because what i found very interesting was certain movies that were let's say predominantly black or um just of you know outside of uh that just highlighted minority issues um were not always highly favored or were not criticized but then i started realizing i was like but wait why do black people like this but the critics don't oh wait the critics are majority like white older men and this so i'm like there's a problem here so let me come in and kind of add something to it um and then i also was not a fan of like these five page reviews i'm like who anybody got time for that (sighs) you know i'm I'm not saying rotten tomatoes is any better because you know the flash quick rating is Mm -hmm. you know it's a little problematic too but i'm like yo can somebody just tell me what's good what's bad and why i should or shouldn't see it and that's kind of how i came about with my reviews and everything and then um you know from that it just kind of opened up more doors uh for the social media stuff you know because in addition to just doing film criticism um people enjoy just talking about movies you know we, we all do everybody's a critic right but it's not just about saying whether a movie gets a thumbs up or a thumbs down people just like talking about movies because it's a a part of our culture it's a part of our culture and that's exactly it like you know there are elements in movies that touch on real life situations Mm -hmm. and those things spark conversations and that's to me like that's always been like a positive sign for a movie um i think one of my most controversial ratings for a movie with Chirac because I gave Chirac a 10 out of 10 and people was like why would you do that this movie was terrible 
and it was like production wise it was not a good movie okay however from an artistic side when you listen to spike lee he's like yo i made this movie to get people talking about gun violence and it did that movie had people doing think pieces articles news reports interviews etc for months and i'm like it did its job Mm -hmm. if that was the sole intention of this film it works and it's done i think that's where people sometimes in film criticism can be a little misguided with their critique absolutely we don't always get the privilege of knowing what is a director's goal for a film right and if they do decide to dispense that we gotta take that from them a hundred percent and i think that's that's such a valuable thing that i'm starting to learn as a critic is I'm, i'm constantly trying to evolve how i critique things and how what my approach is and one of those things that is becoming more of a cornerstone of how i approach film is what's the intention you know i've always told people that like movies are a form of art but they're also a form of communication and whenever you're talking about communication it's really a question of like i might have an issue with like your tone or how you deliver it but the real crux of it all is what are you trying to tell me and are you successful at communicating your message and that in itself that's movies period so if you're not communicating anything or let's say you're trying to tell the audience the sky is red but the audience only hears that the sky is blue something's wrong like something's wrong with your movie it doesn't matter how beautiful you made it doesn't matter how technically savvy it is if you can't get your message across it's a bad film in my opinion so you know understanding that intention is critical and i think to go deeper on that it doesn't mean that you have to agree right right and and i I think that's the thing it's like all right if i'm a filmmaker and i make a movie and you didn't get it parse that apart right like spread that out did you understand what i was attempting to communicate right can you with evidence from what you saw in the film be able to discern did i do it effectively or not you don't have to agree with it like there's going to be subject matter that we speak about in films that just like i don't i have a different lens i have a different perspective but Mm -hmm. if i can look in it and say all right there's these objective things that i can see what you were doing like i can recognize that you know we have tangentially talked about queen and slim Mm -hmm. i understand completely what lena waith and melina mazukas were doing in that film Mm -hmm. do i think they did it successfully no but it doesn't take away from me saying like i can see the attempts at trying to convey those messages you know it didn't work for me and i can understand that there's some audiences which it didn't i have been able to in my review parse and provide evidence as to why i think that it failed to do that you know some of those folks that go off half cocked judges didn't get it well i mean did you try Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what i'm saying it's not your job to agree with it but like to really understand that and you know me personally i think film like you mentioned it's a blend of art and communication and i believe that it's not a 50 50 subjective and objective thing i think it can right. kind of like teeter-totter back and forth depending upon the given movie it it 100 percent has to depend on the movie because you know a lot of times you know I, I mean the closest you know and this is only because of my own educational background um the closest i can compare it to is like the bible you know the bible is not something to be taken figuratively or literally it's a mix because 
you're talking about all these different authors all these different literary formats some of it is poetic some of it is historical some of it is figurative and allegorical like you have to take whatever you get from a film and be like oh okay is this satire if it's satire i can't take it literally Mm -hmm. you know like oh if this is allegorical in nature you know or you know or if it's a a, a non-fiction i can't take it as symbolism you know for something else like you have to kind of meet them where they're at and and you know take it from there and you know the the other thing though is like i don't want to discourage people from having their opinion because we don't have to be grade school teachers you know in terms of how we give a grade to a, a a film and stuff like that you can have your opinion i just think that it always comes down to how you articulate whatever you're saying you know like i can, i've had reviews where i'm like hey this is what i think about the film now outside of that here's my personal opinion on where i stand you know so that way as a viewer or an audience member like you can parse out this is a critique on the film mm-hmm. This is his other separate opinion just as a person watching, you know, and I think that's kind of key. Like, as long as we kind of understand, you know, the difference and just kind of clearly state what we're trying to communicate, that's all that matters. Do you feel like you have a Bible that you kind of guide yourself with in regards to your film ratings? (sighs) Not necessarily that, but I have... Like now, I have more of a structure in terms of like, I mean, the basic structure that I have is good, bad, and the reason, right? Mm -hmm. So what that does is it just forces me to evaluate a film as objectively as I can um, and and really just, you know, it prevents me from really trashing a film, Mm -hmm. you know, that's and it prevents me from overly praising a film, you know, so I, I like that foundation to be the beginning and then once i started writing for uh the movieblog.com uh which was the very first blog by the way dedicated to movies um you know i started paying more attention to more of the technical aspects like the acting the cinematography the writing the themes the tones you know now every review is not going to have that because every movie does not emphasize those things but um it does help in terms of having like a guideline but at the end of the day the the most fundamental principle that i go off of is how would i describe this to my best friend you know if i'm watching this movie and my best friend has not seen it and i don't want to ruin it for him how am i going to explain this to him and you know and, and maybe i'll tell because like i said we're all critics everybody does it you cannot tell me there's one person in this world that has seen a movie and has not wanted to talk you know has not wanted to talk about it to somebody else you know in some way even if it's just like i didn't like it you're a film critic (laughs) you know like so important the way that like what i'm hearing is that you keep it real you know we intersect in a lot of different circles and i can feel like some folks put on an air of pomp and sophistication in regards to my, 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 my film criticism. I'm going to try to use as many big words as possible. The more syllables sure. the better. Um, sure. And that feels a little bit disingenuous but the fact that you just say, I want to talk to you about movies in the way that yeah. I would talk to my best friend. And I think that ultimately that's what sets some film critics apart from others is that 
sometimes you have folks that are generally want to know about a film before they decide to watch it right uh, you know that it's it's interesting you say that because i remember i was i was applying to a film critic group i won't name which one but uh when you do they ask you you know to submit examples of your work and it was funny because like you know they they normally reject you on the first try and uh they but they give you some you know some tips and advice and stuff and it was funny because the one of the people in charge you know they write for like a big newspaper or whatever and one of the comments was well it's not a film critic's uh position to tell audiences whether they should or shouldn't go see a movie and i was like bs (laughs) because last time i checked every time i look at the comments from people in movies and like that's the main thing they're looking for should i go see this is this gonna waste my time is it worth the money like that's what they asked for yeah so when you sit here and talk about like it's not my position i can give you my opinion on whether it is or not you know but there's that difference right because there's that old school you know i don't want to say elitist but there is this more i don't gosh (laughs) it's almost like the movie purists yeah you know Uh like those those, the the scorsese's out there the it's not cinema Mm -hmm. you know that crowd um you know they're in my opinion just accustomed to one way of film criticism and this has been a uh issue that i've been kind of discovering and just kind of unraveling a little bit more um which by the way you should absolutely check out for our listeners here on the feeling film black label podcast because we talk about this um but the nature of film criticism in itself has been dominated by older white males and because of that it has also shaped the perception of what movies are good or bad and what movies should be or shouldn't be and there's like this weird cyclical effect because that also that that when you look and i i'm not saying this is roger ebert but i'm just saying it because he's the most familiar name Mm -hmm. but if you were to sit here and look at someone like roger ebert and if roger ebert said movies should be abc then Hollywood is going to be like, oh man, we really like what Rob, we value what he says, so we're going to make movies as ABC. So when some other film, you know, maker comes out and makes something like XYZ, well, that's not ABC, so it's therefore not good, it's therefore not cinema, it's therefore bad. But that's not true. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? People really don't see the the domino effect into it, and it's something that you can trace back to decades i mean we're still it's, it's still new you know um yeah. you know hollywood in a sense is within their first 100 years of kind of doing this and they failed a lot and they've also succeeded in a lot of ways and it's constantly evolving so it's tough the only thing yeah. that we can do you know responsibly as critics is to be able to see those differences and then try to implement things to help thwart those things the the things yeah. that are done systemically and a lot of times it is not done on purpose, folks. I mean, no. you know, we will plug the black label as much as we can because myself, <laughs> E-Man, Aaron, Black Nerd Magic like we pour ourselves into it because like we value it so much. And I think that ultimately it will do nothing but elevate our conversations and insightfulness to be able to see it. And like, chat, like, yo, what we had yesterday inside the group oh, chat. It was a great. It, like it, it, it started out one way, but um, yo, 
<laughs> yeah. How yeah. should I reply to this fool? Right, and right, then, right. Because we were challenged to engage respectfully, we ended up challenging someone that didn't back down from it, right? And ended up having their mind changed. Yeah. You know, and I, I think yeah. it's like, it, it, it's such a, it was such a beautiful well, thing. And I, that's I was the, really proud of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the value of having new voices to the table because it challenges people to have new perspectives and you know the closest analogy i could i could make to any of this is in sports you know if you you know if you're a basketball fan for example i remember the the very um familiar conversation about what a true point guard is you know and a true point guard would look like you know um uh, a Bob Cousy or a John Stockton, you know. So when someone like, you know, uh, Russell Westbrook comes around and he's not doing the traditional things or he's not moving like a traditional point guard would, people question, well, is he a great point guard or not? You know, or even in football with the QB position. When you had a Johnny Unitas to a Dan Marino to a Peyton Manning, all these pocket presence, you know, uh, um, quarterbacks, well, then you don't know what to do with a Warren Moon or a, a Randall Cunningham, a Michael Vick, a Lamar Jackson. You don't know what to you don't even know how to quantify their stats because you've never had that, you know, uh, um, that presence, you know, until integration and everything. So I think it's very similar to um, film criticism where you've only had white voices telling us this is the way art and filmmaking should be so when we do get something like a queen and slim you know when we do get something like a black panther those movies don't really get the same you know uh, um, level of appreciation because they're hitting at different things that normally are not tangible or objectively viewed you know like black panther for example i don't know how anyone can discount cultural impact i don't know how you discount that when i i the last film that i can really think of that really impacted culture on that level and i'm not talking about like just harry potter with their fans and stuff might be star I wars say, i was gonna say that same you know thing. in the past as a kid Phantom Menace in 1999 did something that I didn't wasn't able to see from Star Wars in the 70s, right? You know, one, sure. growing up black, I was a Star Trek kid. I wasn't a Star Wars kid. Star Trek was a little bit more accessible because, one, you know, we couldn't afford to go to the movies, but we damn sure had a TV in the house. And my daddy was right. watching Star Trek. And, like, oh, shit, Klingons are black. Like, <laughs> right. know, that's me. We're here. <laughs> We're here. Like, look at the Marengis <laughs> and stuff like that. So, like, I am so much more a Trekkie only because that world was so much more tangible because for a lot of reasons, TVs were in the house, movies were a luxury. I can only go to the movie theater once a year. So when Phantom Menace right. came out and I was at this age, I mean, I'm you know 13 years old at the time. I'm like, I didn't get it. But then seeing how, and this is before the internet, I mean like at the very, very beginning of the internet age, right? Mm -hmm. Like how it was affecting culture from everybody who did grow up with it. Then that kind of made sense. And it's funny because I don't remember the conversations right. of people discounting that. And it was really disheartening when Black Panther came around and you had a lot of different circles turned off by how right. moving the, the, the movement was. Right. They're like, I don't get it. Right. Um, 
Right. Was there a d- <laughs> Yo, it was maddening. And like, I think yeah. that was actually when I first heard about you. Because, like, you know, I've seen you, like, you know, in certain Facebook circle. We've only been talking for, like, a little over a year, maybe. Um, yeah. But, like, I saw, one, what you were doing, you know, up in Chicago with Black Panther. And, like, I mean, yeah. on the news and, like, you know, and all this stuff. Like, yeah. going a little bit deeper with that. I, I, I want to explore that more with, like, uh, Black Panther. Yeah. I mean, you know, look, the Black Panther thing was a huge, huge impact. I mean, again, I, I cannot discount the level of impact a movie has done to a culture right i mean the closest impact i can talk about is like when in art just the renaissance you know when when michelangelo does you know xyz art sculptures or whatever and like that country is like yo look at what we got look at what we did you know i feel like when a movie can do when it can touch society like that you have something great on your hands and for me um black panther was like that where um you know i pulled i pulled all the resources i could um pulled money out my own pocket uh and i bought out a theater for black panther and other people were doing the same thing this was i mean i was kind of doing it before it Mm -hmm. became a challenge but it eventually became a thing where it was like yo we want to bring in as many people as possible especially young folks to come and see this movie because we've never really had anything on this level we've had black movies before we've had a handful of movies with black superheroes sometimes not always age appropriate for children but we finally had something where it showed black people in a positive light it showed black culture um a different side of things that we've never imagined like i've been saying we've never imagined a race of black people that have not been enslaved um the forefront of technology and everything you know what i'm saying and like not being conquered or influenced by outside worlds like that's something that we're like wow i didn't even know that was possible because in the world we live in some form of white supremacy exists historically you know whether it's through slavery whether it's through concord you know um colonialism or whatever so to see all of that on screen and you know for me it was just like i have to do this you know and and you know i i brought in like i think like 50 uh 50 kids from my uh, local church um a bunch of people from the community and to this day like it, it's it's hard for me to re-watch the video of that event because i always get teary-eyed because um the little girls you know at the end i got three little girls of my own and you know the little girls that attended the event you know i just asked them like hey what did you think what did you think you know and they were like yo this was so cool to see myself and shuri you know to see like a young black girl who's the smartest person in the world at that time like that was so inspiring and i'm just like i'm getting goosebumps and I, and I, you know what i'm saying just and, and, talking and, and, about in a critical it sense i think story and character matters so much so i could for the mm-hmm. life of me when i heard the criticism of black panther i'm like how could i ignore how this character has deeply impacted the people who watched it 
Like Shuri is something that's right. very unique. Like folks, we don't see Shuri's on screen, right? We damn sure don't right. see, you know, younger, darker, you know, uh, skinned, you know, uh, African-American act- actresses, you know, on the big screen because that was taboo for a very, very long time. Right. And I love, right. granted coming from Disney, come from Feige and MCU, the world that Ryan Coogler collaboratively made was was just amazing. Like it captured the diaspora of the black experience in a way that, like you said, we didn't think was like really possible. And it's crazy because mm-hmm. this world has been around since the 60s. <laughs> like it's, it's, yep. it's not new. Yep. And every time I see right. like an image of Black Panther in comic art form, I'm like, yo, he looks like the dopest motherfucker I've ever seen. Like, I, like, it, it's, yeah. it's crazy to think that it took until 2018 to be able to see that. And, you know, yeah. I loved how it was appropriate that the way how social media, you know, helped elevate the event where people wanted to be a part of it. Seeing everybody mm-hmm. inside of like African, you know, garb, you know, is just like, it was, it was really, you, you felt like there was that pride. Right. And it's like, yeah, it's hundred percent insane. And the fact that, you know, you're able to pull together your resources and you want to be able to give that experience to folks that may not necessarily would have had that. A lot of people don't have the luxury exactly. of going to the movie theater whenever, like, yo, folks, if you read like, you know, national averages, the average moviegoer goes to the movies one to two times a year. And mm-hmm. it, it, it was mm-hmm. amazing. And I, I love how it superseded expectations. Let me tell you something right now. If, if they oh, would have yeah. thought Black Panther was going to do what Black Panther was going to do, they would have never spent the money on Spider-Man. <laughs> like, Black Panther was supposed to be principally, no. you know, the, the you know the focal point of Captain America Civil War. And they thought, yep. we don't know how successful that's going to be. Let's try to make a deal to yep. be able to get Spider-Man. And they came around yep. and made this yep. movie, and it was in theaters at the same time as <laughs> Infinity War. Like, the movie was in theaters yep. for four months one of the highest grossing films of all time it broke one point something billion people i'm incredible yeah oh my God. and not to mention the fact i mean you know we're talking about a movie that people went back to go see multiple oh, times so you know it, it it kills me when people be talking about like oh this was overhyped i'm like how According, according to what? These people like, multiple times. Nobody forced them to go see it multiple times. No <laughs> one forced people to go give it positive no reviews. And agenda. I'm not even talking about critics. Like, right. It, not even just critics. Like, Fans. average, everyday yes. people were rating this thing high. And I'm like, you know, hey, this movie was a success. It, it, it's unparalleled how successful this was given the expectations going in. So. Sorry, and like, Sorry? Yo, and like, y'all can miss me with the whole it didn't deserve to be nominated for best picture. Why? You have to understand. Look what Ian that- said. For decades, we have taken that there. This is what a best picture is because this type of people told us this is what it is, and we gotta challenge that. Right. Black Panther right. broke through, and it did it for a reason. I don't care what your excuses are. Like, get beside yourself and look a little bit deeper. Not only was it a critical success. It was a box office and financial success, and that matters. And, you know, while I believe that in that year, I still yo, I absolutely love The Favorite. That was my one movie in 2018. And while I would have loved to have seen Black, you know, Black Panther win, you know, I'm glad, the, you know, I'm, I'm glad that it did its thing, you know? Um, but yeah. it, it's, 
it was so deserved and it, it's only the beginning and I'm glad that we've reached this point where, where one I mean it sucks that COVID's kind of messing everything up because I'm like damn you know we're talking about this is you know two years removed from that you know when are we gonna get another one like if I'm Disney I'm like damn I want that black right. dollar again like <laughs> what can I greenlit right yep. now to get it going man but no it, it's yeah. it's great the fact that you have taken you know your passion and not have just been it for yourself. I mean, you've you've done you've been amazingly successful, you know, in you know the um, the social media space with your YouTube channel. But then you also made sure to make it upon you about bringing that back to the community. How do I relate what I love back to my community? How can my family see that positive example and then be influenced to be able to do the same in whatever their ways are? I think that matters so much. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, that, look, that's. You know, even when, because um, I, I don't do it anymore. It always, uh, what I used to do, especially on my fan page, was um, if I had any business relationships. So, like, I used to have relationships with Fandango. Uh, used to have things with uh, MovieTickets.com before they got bought out. Um, and what I would do is I would just give away like yeah. movie tickets, you know. And um, you know, depending on the movie studio, sometimes they would send me free stuff. I would hold contests and everything and you know again a lot of that is like yo I can't do what I'm doing without the community I can't do that without the people that are supporting me and you know like I'm not doing it for the money (laughs) you know I think people have this uh this misconception (laughs) about you know what we do mostly most critics are not making a living off of being a critic Yo, unless you work for like a newspaper or a television broadcast studio or something like that, you're not getting paid. You might make a couple crumbs off of some ads, you know, on a, on a website or something like that um, to get you that cup of Starbucks coffee. But outside of that, ain't nobody paying for this. Like, I can't quit my full time job. <laughs> you know, like I have to go to work, you know, and I'm just blessed and fortunate enough to still have the time and opportunity um, to do this uh, in addition to all of that. So yeah, I mean, nah, Marvel's not paying me nothing. Disney's not paying me nothing. You know, nobody's getting paid, you know, like that. I mean, look, they can. If <laughs> this they is want an absolute to, invitation. Yo, <laughs> if you pay my bills, you can get some 10 out of 10. I, I don't care. Yo, I do not, like, as much as I love doing Kobe told me, you know, being as, you know, engaging as I am on the socials and stuff like that, and, like, you know, guesting and now finally being able to spot people to have guests on my own podcast, I'm not giving up my day job till I can make equal to what I make, you know, <laughs> you know outside of it. And, you know, I understand that that's right. not necessarily, that's not how this charts. You know, um, I think, yeah. you know, if, if you think to yourself, I want to be like a famous film critic, that's, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's, that's, I commend you. It's, it's very, very ambitious. Very ambitious. Very um, <laughs> you know, and, and there's folks who like, I've looked up to, you know, while I've been in this game, I, I started my film criticism journey, you know, Thanksgiving in 2018 is where I kind of put that at, right? Where I just said, man, I talk about movies all the time, right? Cause we're all critics, like, just like you said. And it's the first time where I really like, I want to, you know, type something out and like you know get it out there and you know i've i've been i've been enjoying the journey you know this being a little over a year and a half um that i've been doing it but it damn straight for the money um because there's days i'm just Mm -hmm. just not not in the mood man like and Mm -hmm. oh 100 yeah it's a feeling thing and you know i start off every podcast saying it's my whenever i want to and damn 
is it that? And and sometimes I'll get down on myself, like, oh man, I gotta be more consistent. Cause in this space, we see so yeah. many of our friends and colleagues who are just like grinding and killing it. Yeah. And I'm just like, that could be me. E-Man's got 10.7 million views on his YouTube channel. 10.738. Yeah. Like that's a lot. But you know what I had to learn? His success ain't my success. And we are not in right. competition. You know what I'm saying? If anything, it's no. inspiring to know that, you know, a brother who's doing his thing who is married, three girls of his own, maintaining a full-time job, like can still be able to do that. It's not my job to model myself after that. It's just to know, like, yo, you need to figure out what works for you. And just do it and don't feel pressure from anybody else by it. But, you know, the funny thing is, like, it's all relative, right? So while you might be looking at me, I'm looking at somebody else like, dang, man, I wish I had a million followers. <laughs> I wish I, hey, look, I wish I had a oh. team of people to help me automate all this stuff. Man, let me tell you something. Yeah, tell, behind tell, the yeah scenes, please, please. Give, give, give us a little peek behind oh, the curtain God. of what, like, the YouTube world look. is in your space. So behind the scenes, not only do you have to sit, the hardest thing is creating the content, just imagining it. If I were to ever tell you how many drafts I have of scripts, of potential videos that I want to make. But for me, I'm kind of a perfectionist. Like, I don't want to just throw stuff out there. You know, like if I'm going to put something out there, it's well thought out. It's well organized, etc. But, you know, that creative process is one thing in itself and that can take hours days weeks to refine then you have to shoot it then you have to edit it after you edit everything and you shoot it then the harder part is um figuring out how to be your own marketer your own promoter you know and 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 i'm telling you this because each of those things can be a job in itself you could have someone create ideas for content then you could have someone put it all together on a video like you know edit it chop it up and all that then you could have someone else promote and put that stuff on all the social media platforms figure out the right seo figure out the right thumbnails and images figure out like just how like the best places to put it strategically it's tiring i mean i did two videos and these things were basic things these were like um, my little recap videos that i do you know every week uh where i recap the entertainment news that you missed out on and everything um you know and then i did like the the reactions for the 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 last dance the last uh, documentary for jordan and all and my entire saturday and sundays were cooked like i woke up I prepped everything, did my research, grabbed my images, did, you know, got my script together, shot everything, edited, find the pictures, put in the little special effects, you know, waited for it to render, uploaded to YouTube, created a, 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 a thumbnail for YouTube, figured out the keywords to put in all the, you know, descriptions, went to create um, another set of thumbnails for Instagram because you can't just use the same thing exactly then I had to go figure out all the hashtags for Instagram then I had to go spread this out on Instagram TV then I had to go upload a different copy just for Facebook dude 
when I was done, the sun went down. You know what I'm saying? So it's like all of that for like one video, and then I have to start over for the next video. And the most important thing I could tell people is like, you know, again, I'm not getting paid for that. You know, like if if you really want to know for like uh, especially YouTube ads and money that you make off of it, those videos I've probably made like eight bucks off of that. So imagine doing 12 hours of work for eight dollars, right? Maybe a thousand views if you're lucky, you know, and, you know, the number one thing, though, is kind of like I'm doing this because that's my passion. I'm not doing it to go viral. Now, yo, if it goes viral, that's awesome. But if it doesn't, it's like I have to be comfortable knowing that even though I'm putting in so much work, like I, it's been so bad. I've gotten car, uh, carpal tunnel in mm. both my wrists already just because I'd be on the computer for like eight, 10 hours a day. And, you know, it's just one of those things where like, um, you're, you have to be doing these type of things for your passion. I mean, the videos that I've made that just so happened to go viral, I never did them with the intention of let me try and do something for it to pop. I did it with the intention of I want y'all to see what's in my head. You know, I want y'all to see what I see and here's a cool way for you to see it. That was it. You know, matter of fact, some of my most popular videos, they didn't pop off until three, four months after I published them. So, you know what I'm saying? So like just in case anybody is out there who's like just thinking about starting YouTube or even a podcast or whatever, you know, um, your passion has to be the thing that drives you. I had 135 videos posted in three years for 16. I only had like four or 500 subscribers at that time. And it wasn't until the next four or five videos after that 135 that those went viral. And then I went from like 400 subscribers to a couple thousand to now we're sitting at like 70, 76,000. That's a lot of work to put in before you finally pop off. And the, 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 you know, and I'll, I'll be fully transparent with it. I was about to quit. I, I, I was telling my wife, I was like, yo, I'm done. <laughs> I'm sitting here putting in 12 hours of work. I'm getting like a hundred views. 50 of them are probably for me, <laughs> you know, like, I, this isn't worth it anymore, you know? And it was just like, you know, I mean, by the grace of God, like, boom, those things popped off and it was like, oh, now I realized those 135 videos I did before, I was really building a library for all these new people that just now found me. You know what I'm saying? So now when they come to my channel, they like, oh man, I really love this one video. Yo, he's got all this other stuff. Let me go check that out now. So if you're going out there doing a podcast, doing a YouTube or whatever, keep on grinding because you never know the new person that you come into contact with as your new follower, they're going to go back and look at all that work that you did and it will pay off later. I think we, we get you so know, obsessed but, with like trying to look at where we are. Like I want to see the number rise and rise and rise. And like, I'm when I first did my podcast, like I had like, oh, four. You know what? Yeah. That was four more than what I had before I started my podcast. And like, yep. as long as I stay faithful and enjoying what I do 
and not feeling like I gotta do it and being as consistent as I can for myself it'll pay off and I'm not talking about monetarily I'm talking about like just people saying you know I value like I put more worth and value into people valuing that what I have to say means something to them like damn (laughs) I I tell you one of the best parts of my week is when somebody like I'll put a review out for something and somebody like on Facebook will be like yo I legit feel the same way I really wish I would have saw this review before I watched this movie they're like damn (laughs) and then they they say I will definitely make sure to look out for, for your stuff more like that that give me that's money in my pocket right there you know like that right. that currency right. means a lot and that's a, those things are like what motivates me to keep doing it so whether i got you know 10 views a dozen views 100 views like you know i've done one youtube video last year for captain yeah. marvel my first time ever doing it i am so not technical all the things you describe i'm just like i need i need to pay somebody or i need somebody who believes in me and wants to do this shit for free <laughs> that's that's what i want yeah, yeah. <laughs> somebody was like hey yeah i have no, no creative bone so- in my body but I'm, I'm a technical person i need that person yeah. <laughs> in my life <laughs> hey and, and and you know look there are a couple things i want to really make sure people also understand i mean i discovered this stuff after the fact but use and look for resources around you right and oh network um, as for resources like uh, fiverr.com um, f-i-v-e-r-r.com um, great way for you to find it, it's usually foreign um, people that are doing the work but they do the work for very affordable prices um, so that's one way you can you know one resource to look at Another one is also just to, um, I mean, they have other, you know, ones like upwork.com and stuff, but they'd be a little more expensive. Um, but networking also is huge because, you know, one thing that really got my foot in the door accidentally anyway, was connecting with different outlets. So, uh, when movietickets.com at that time, before they got bought out by Fandango, uh, when they, uh, approached me. And they were like, hey, we're looking for YouTubers to do X, Y, Z or whatever. And I wasn't big or nothing, but they were trying to do like a grassroots type of thing that I I used them to get my foot in the door for other things. And next thing you know, because I came in with that movietickets.com label on my chest, they didn't see E-Man, a dude with like 100 subscribers at the time and no followers and stuff. They saw, oh that page has like 10 million views a day you know that, that that's a huge outlet why don't you come on this red carpet and interview chadwick boseman real quick yeah. you know what i'm saying because of that so when you're starting off all i'm saying is like there are ways to kind of like jump start because it is going to be a grind no matter how, how much you do it it's always going to be a grind um but there is a way to do that by just finding other outlets that have bigger reaches than you and when you find that you can use their resources you could use their uh, uh followers to jumpstart your own and stuff like that so um the networking collabing and just finding resources man that can go a long way and it can help alleviate some of the um frustrations yeah. <laughs> 
that you described yeah, it's, earlier. It, it's something that I'm learning. Um, uh, like one, like you said, networking and like really cultivating these partnerships and strategically yeah. learning how to navigate them. You know, it's challenging, but it's it's uh, worth the time to like really like to talk to people. Like there's been opportunities that have been presented to me where I just didn't know what to say because I've never had them before, right? I will reach out to mm -hmm. a fellow podcaster like, yo, what is your idea on this? Like, I've never written and got right. paid before and somebody valued my words or they wanted to offer me money. Yo, how much do I charge? I've got mm -hmm. no fucking clue. <laughs> I have no idea. Right. You know what I'm saying? And like, I'm glad that I've been able yeah. to cultivate, you know, relationships inside this business where I've had folks that, you know, got no problem, like, you know, paying it forward and being like, say, yo, let me share my knowledge with you. Like, I've never been one of those where I like get like, I don't want to share. Like, no, let me share. Cause like, right. we all get better if we share. And that's, oh my God, I swear that's such a um, unique situation because when I was starting off, the hardest thing for me and, you know, it sucks because even just being a black person, you would hope that when you go into a certain industry or whatever, you're not going to have to face the similar issues and setbacks and challenges um, that you would just in the everyday world, but they still exist. And the hardest thing for me to do was to get my foot in the door with PR companies because they are the gatekeepers for everything. They, PR companies, they're the ones that get you the movie screenings. They're the ones that get you uh, promotional, um, you know, merchandise and stuff like that. Um, and a lot of times you need the, that type of access to gain your following. You know, like ain't nobody really trying to listen to uh, uh, Colby as much if he's watching a movie two, three weeks after the fact versus if he was watching it a couple weeks before. You know what I'm saying? Like there, there's an advantage to that. Right. So, I, you know, I remember when I was first starting off, one thing that I was trying to do was figure out how do I do contests for screeners? You know, like, how can I be the one that could be like, yo, uh, if you want to go see this spider-man screener early uh, uh sign up on my page and you know i'm giving out 50 free tickets to the screener or whatever right and i remember i reached out to this colleague who will remain nameless but i reached out to them and i was like oh man like um i love what you're doing on your site and everything and this is someone we we've talked in person we've exchanged pleasantries and all that stuff and I remember we were talking online and I asked him, I was like, hey, so I'm trying to get a, uh, you know, just an idea of like, how do I go about getting screeners? And, you know, basically just trying to ask for some advice in the industry and stuff. And they straight up left me on the three dot read. And I was just like, <laughs> really? Really? Like, and you know, like, when, you know, when somebody's been contacting you back and forth, uh -huh. like quickly, and then all of a sudden they just stop yeah. talking. I'm like, wow, so that's how you feel? And we about to see each other face-to-face -face <laughs> after this, too? And you about to act like we ain't never talked about that? You gonna act like you ain't just leave me on read? And it was just one of those things where I realized, like, okay, this is not a mindset that a lot of people have in terms, like, I don't know if they felt like I was threatening their space or something, but, um, but yeah, I'm totally with you. And, you know, for me, I, I'm usually pretty open to helping people um you know i get a lot of messages from people like yo how do i start off hey i'm having trouble with it and you know I'll, I'll just be honest i'll be like yo i tried this i did that 
you know, I'll give him the tips because I don't want to be left. I don't want to leave somebody on read. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know how that feels, you know, and, um, you know, and, and, the, and what, what bothers me is the fact that, like, I get it. I understand that, like, when you reach a certain level, you can't help everybody. I understand that. But at the same time, I'm like, bro, you could have said something. You know, you could have just been like, hey, man, just keep working hard <laughs> and, and it'll come to you. You know what I'm saying? Like, even a generic message like that, you know, which is still cool, but still. So I, I'm I'm 100 percent with you, man. Like when when other people give others opportunities, I think that's the best way to help everybody succeed, because at the end of the day, when you pay it forward like that, you don't know how or if that can come back to Absolutely. you in a positive way. Maybe I help somebody out and they surpass me for whatever reason. And next thing you know, they'll be like, man, yo, E-Man, help me out. E-Man, come on, man. I got two million followers right now. Come on my show and boom, my two million about to follow you. You never know. You never and know. you shouldn't be like so you know, wrapped so. up with it, like to see, well, let me help out so that way I can get something in return. No, 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 no. Help out because you want to. And like, if you get a return, right. great. And if you don't, great. Like, right. I will never forget right. the, this time, was it last? Yeah, about a year, a year ago. One of the biggest movie podcasts and movie publications made a comment to uh, to my partner and said, mm. "Oh, yo, how many um, how many followers do you have on Twitter? You've been doing this for how long? Mm-hmm. Oh, if you don't have two thousand followers, I consider you're a failure. Wow. And then, per, then." Going for, like they actually they went to my podcast, li- li- listen to it and shit like that, right? And instead, like instead of offering, like, yo, I think this is what you should be able to do, just leave, leaves it at that. Right. What gratification do you get from that? Man, I don't know. I, I don't get it. Like anybody who wants to ask Kobe, yo, Kobe, and like I'm I'm I'm, I'm proud of my growth. I started in November of 2018 with 27 followers. I'm a little over 2,600 right now. All I did was be me, be me, engage, be me, reply, be me, and that's it. That's it. You know, yeah. no, I'm not buying nobody. I'm not trying to do no, that. That is that is it. And would I love mm. to have five, 10, 15? Who wouldn't? I can't be wrapped right. up in it. I feel better about it because like, I right. cultivated a... I've cultivated an impression with folks that want to follow me. That's simply it. And like I said, that's a part of that currency. And even better, you know, people say like, yo, Kobe, you guessed on so much plus. You want to know why? Because I love it. I love interacting and meeting new people. You know, I want to be able to put myself out there. And in turn, now that I know how to edit, I can have people on my podcast too. (laughs) Like, it took me me a year and a half to learn how to do this shit. And like, now I finally got it. You know, but like, I just want to cultivate this atmosphere. Yo, I do on Fridays, hashtag feeling yourself Fridays. In this world where we got so much shit going on, people generally just aren't happy with who they see in the mirror. And I want to dispel all of that because there's so much negativity we see in life and we see on our timelines. And yo, drop a selfie of you just feeling yourself. Don't care what you look like, what you mm-hmm. got on, whatever. Just feel yourself. That's it. I want to promote that positivity. There you go. And hopefully let it bleed into my podcast and bleed into other people's podcasts. People who listen to this podcast, because we've got to be more positive. Being positive about movies. Yeah. You know why? Because we got them. Being positive about life. You know why? Because we got them. And when it all comes together, like that's even better. 
and like it just mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that's what it's got to be about and you know this time spent with you and just like hearing your story hearing like your hustle your, like your hustle is so hard so hard like um the only thing that i'll knock about your entire hustle is your love for this this last dance doc guy that's uh, <laughs> Come on, I, had to say, I, had, I had to make sure to carve Come out a little on. bit of time in this podcast be like uh, <laughs> this, this look hey I say I say it in every reaction I've done for it. I'm a I was born a Chicago know, Bulls fan. I'm I in Chicago, you. so you know, include whatever bias you want to have in it. So, like I grew true. up with that's this, true, you know. So I, I I remember just like you know sitting on the couch with my pops and you know watching every game and you know like that was a good ten years of my life, you know. It's it's. It's crazy. I'm a I'm a I'm a diehard LeBron James fan, so I feel this Jesus. attack. Okay. <laughs> I feel this attack oh, right now. <laughs> hey, hey, it ain't gotta be an attack unless you want to make it a right. fight. But, so you know, I mean, if it's a fight, it, it's a fighter prepared to win. You know what I'm saying? But some people try to play dirty and stuff like that. I will say, your videos are far from dirty. When, so that's good. when you when you want to have oh, that conversation, oh, no we can have it. I'm, I already I'm, told I'm already you. Off. I bring I bring out the Kobe told me sports podcast every now and then, especially during fantasy football season. So I. You know, if you want when this you work, ready. we will definitely have it. <laughs> when, when you're ready, hey, look, I play fantasy basketball Ooh. and football, so when oh, you are a, ready, I, did a, I, did a I am there. Twitter fantasy football league last year did pretty well. I was in the finals in both right. rounds, so you know it was definitely okay. pretty good. Might have to be able to extend the invite to you. Um, I don't know what your. I only, I only play. I only do oh, paid. Right. So if you, oh, if you oh, got oh, some money on the table, free, I left it free. Cause be in the first there. year. We about to like have a little bit of money oh, on the Discord okay. round. Oh, funny, I'm there. That's I'm automatic. I will tell you this: I have an addiction to fantasy football. I do. I'm like probably right. like season long leagues, 15 to 20 season long leagues, and then tons of daily fantasy. Oh, that's cute. That's, that's cute. cute. I have to reduce it down to 20 because my wife was getting mad at me. My win percentage was high enough that I could justify it at the you know at the end of the year. Sure. She just didn't like that I was taking out <laughs> several thousand dollars to pay into at the beginning of the season. Yeah. That was a little uncomfortable. Oh, see my. See now, I budget for mine, but my wife knew this. Like when she, when we first started dating, I was like, "Yo, there's one thing you gotta know about me. I do fantasy." So, and she was like, "Okay, don't like, say okay till you see what, you know, what this is." You don't be. Oh no, she 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 don't have a problem because she gets a portion yes. of the winning. So <laughs> yeah. when 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 she gets to go on the massage yeah. and the spas and stuff, ain't oh, no yeah. complaining. You know, see, I had a bad year. Deal. My wife was she like, oh, see, this is what I, you can't have it both ways. Like, you got to, it's got to go with the good, right, the bad, right, right. all right? Like, last year, yeah, it was a bad yeah. year for me. Year before, it was a great year. You, right, last year was, it was, it was, I told you, you a Bears fan? Yeah. I, by <laughs> default, but, you know, it's like, you know, you in the city, it's kind of oh, like, okay, that's your team, but I hate the way they oh manage sometimes. I don't know, but, between Mitch Trubisky yeah. and Big Dick Dick, I don't know what y'all gonna do. Y'all had y'all had Cam Newton just sitting there waiting for y'all. Waiting! Look, Ooh. don't get me started. Oh, look, it's the difference between being a fan and, like, loving everything they do. I don't love everything they do, and a lot of Bears fans don't. So, yeah. What you gonna do? Yeah, I'm gonna be a fan, and I can't really have it now. I'm a def- I'm a def- right. like, ask you. you I'm gonna do a special Kobe Tony sports podcast. That way we can circle back around to the last dance, to the Bears and fantasy football. But brother, yo, the time that you have given on this pod is great. I hope people know what E Man and E Man's movie reviews has now been about. Bro, thank you so much for coming on. Let the people know once again what you're about and where they can be able to find you at. 
Man, thank you so much for having me. Um, but yeah, like you could definitely find me on um all the social medias. You know, Facebook is probably the best one. Um, you know, I'm dropping the latest movie news. We can always talk and chat about those things. Uh, funny memes, trailers, uh, reviews. Uh, you could always check out my YouTube channel. Uh, that's where you could find a lot of the uh, different reactions and um, absolutely catch up on uh, the recap where I give you I, I basically I'm going to save you time. So if you're not on social media, if you're not always in the loop, I cultivate all the best news in the entertainment world for you um, and give that to you in like a quick 20, 30 minutes and get you all the way caught up. Um, but yeah, hit me up on the social medias, E-Man's Movie Reviews. Google me, you'll find me. Hey, yo, you know where to be able to find the pod. And always remember, when they ask you where you heard it from, tell them Kobe told me. Peace.